Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, thanks for making us part of your Wednesday right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Joining us now, he is the athletic director at the University of Utah. Crazy times in the worlds of college athletics. And, uh, I, and uh, Mark, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for making some time for us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Good afternoon. Is there a uh, athletic director for Dummies book in how to handle the world you're living in right now? Because uh, I don't think we've ever seen an era of college athletics in w- what we've seen over the last two or three years. Man, if there is, let me know. Um, <laughs> An abridged version. <laughs> especially the dummy part that matches. Um, no, you know, listen, it's, uh, I was thinking about this just the other day. It was just like my 10th or 11th year being AD and almost 30 years in total in the business. I, I feel like there's always disruption along the way. I think of all these different uh, markers of things. But to your point, it does feel, I don't know, maybe since June 30, a couple, couple years ago when the L.A. schools bolted to, to today, it's, it's pretty much half the day, if not more, on national-type issues and what's coming around the corner, and then the rest of the half of the day running the shop here. Um, so the time spent on reacting or trying to be ready for the, the changes that have either happened or are coming certainly is a big part of the job that we all have now. So, Mark, I know how much you love your student-athletes. I've just been able to watch it, the way you interact and, and the way you work with them. At the end of the day, are you still able to get out of it what you started into this business for, which is great relationships and being able to help kids navigate one of the most difficult times in their life? It's a great question. I got asked that question recently at a, at a donor event. And, you know, I, I, I hadn't really thought about it until someone really asked me. And, and my response was as authentic as it could possibly be in that when it is crazy and, and when there are things that feel like you're out of, your, out of control, what you try to do is you go to the things that, that haven't really changed. And so um, I try to be really intentional to go into practice when I can and watching the young people, you know, get better going in the weight room, watching the effort, because it's, it's what is the same is we still have the same quantity of, of athletes, but also the same quality of the type of young person that's here, 18 to, as I joked, I think in a recent article, 18 to 25 in the case of our quarterback. But, <laughs> you know, the, the, that, that growth that they're experiencing that you can contribute to with surrounding with great people and resources, that doesn't change. Now, are some more transient than they used to be? Of course are the ones that leave sometimes you're just bummed out and you follow them and, and you keep track of them and, and all of that, but then you get new ones that come in. So that part is, I think really keeps me grounded because that truly is working on a college campus, being around this age group has always attracted me to, to, to doing this work here. And that, and that certainly has not changed. Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, I've been attending some of the funerals of my coaches and, you know, because it, I, I just, it's, it's hard, you know, you lose your coach and, you go out there, and I, I see Rondo Felberg, my, my old athletic director, and I hug him like he's an old father of mine. I, I, I see Val Hill, and I ask him about life and, and tell him about where I'm at, and he's interested where where I'm at in life. And I think of my athletic directors as a critical component in the growth and development in that five years. Even with the transient nature that we're currently building in, you know, Mark, still, your influence on these young athletes is profound in that time you have them. Well, thank you. I, I, I think that those that have that right way, and you just mentioned two great ones right there that you were with, 
I think that's important. You know, you set the tone for the staff. You make sure that, again, especially in these turbulent times, that the values don't change. The the, the ability to care should be even higher. And I think that that's what we've we've really tried to work really hard here at Utah to uh, to have a culture that one folks will want to stay. There's always reasons for for people to want to leave, but they'll want to stay. And then and then the word is out. And 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 so when you lose folks or you need to go out and and find some some transfers, uh, you know, the word is out that this is a good place to be. So, again, you, you just got to keep your eye on that stuff. Listen, I've heard some colleagues talk about how hard this time, these times are, and they are, but you can also sometimes tell in their voice that, you know, this isn't what they signed up for. That's not where I'm at at all. I feel like there's there's a lot of opportunities in the chaos, a lot of, you know, strategic thinking you have to go through. But, again, what's best for the student-athletes, what's best for the program uh, keeps us all moving in the right direction here. I uh, I do the games for Utah State. I've had a chance to get to know Diana Sabo. She speaks extremely highly of you and the relationship that the two of you were able to develop on several different committees. Uh, kind of walk us through the process and how that game came together for next year, and then the two more at Salt Lake coming down the down the pipeline. Well, first of all, it's hard to say no to her, right? She's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's got away. She's like, hey, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, yeah, I've been trying. Let's let's go. So she came down here, and we uh, we met in the in the Garf uh, Scholarship Club up there, and and uh, you know she knew we had some openings because of the of the realignment deal, and they just happened to have an opening uh, this coming season. I don't think in my entire career, and of course Jeff Rudy here does all the hard work, but I don't think Jeff and I have ever like scheduled a game months in advance. You know, we were really getting stressed out about the whole thing. Because we had, you know, we, we had one to fill with BYU now being a conference game. And just so happened Utah State. I mean, you could look across the country. There might have been two or three FBS that had openings. So we talked about it. And and uh, we agreed to, to do a three-game series, two here, one there. And, um, and, and, and you know, I'm excited about going up there. I, I When I used to work at – I worked at San Jose State we back in the day. And we went up there. And I just remember the environment being really, really cool. I remember the Merlin Olsen statue out front. Um, so I'm excited about going up there and taking the team up there. And I, I guess we know the quarterback pretty well, too. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about it is just pretty, pretty, pretty funny. And then I, we're playing three in-state teams next year. That's really unique. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it should be a lot of fun. But she's great. She'll do such a good job up there as, as, uh, as everyone gets to know her. She's really, really, uh, really good at what she does. When you're putting a contract like that together, Mark, how much do you loop in Kyle Whittingham and – and, and let him know what direction you're headed. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you know, football is interesting, right, because it really takes the athletic director and or designate to, to do a lot of the, the groundwork. But rule of thumb number one is you, you got to be in close communication. So anytime we're getting close with the team, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Kyle um, about it. And, you know, I can't remember a time where he gave me a thumbs down since I've been here. Uh, you know, Florida, thumbs up. LSU, thumbs up. Um, now LSU and Wisconsin are out there a little bit. Maybe he was looking, <laughs> looking at the calendar, and not quite as concerned. But <laughs> always, always, always go to him, and uh, we we talk it through. And now you know, with with the, with the twelve team playoff and all that madness that's going on out there, you know, we still got a lot of games to fill. So we'll we'll be working really closely because you got to be really strategic as we move forward. So I uh, I would have bet my meager meager paycheck that uh, that the Big Twelve would have had you and BYU playing that weekend uh, the final weekend of the season. 
Uh, they've got you playing on November 9th. Is that something that you guys liked or preferred, or did you have any say in that whatsoever? Or d- is it just like, hey, look, whatever Brett Yormar gives us is what we're going to do, and we'll go from there? Yeah, I think the best way I, c- I can say that is it was a very communicative process with, with the Big 12, Tom and I. I think, you know, from my standpoint, don't ever want to speak for Tom, but where I was on it was that I wasn't wedded to it. Um, and, you know, I want to maximize it for television because it deserves it. The Holy War deserves it. And so I just told the Big 12, and obviously Tom was in agreement, that let's just let's just put it at a place that's great. Now, one could argue that, uh, and gosh, we experienced that here. What year was that? 2019 when we played BYU at the last game of the year. It's when they took that 20 yeah. to lead. That game was that nineteen? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, nineteen twenty. One of the no, it wasn't yeah, twenty. It was the year before. You're right. Yeah, nineteen. Pandemic feels like fifty years ago. Yeah. Um, and then we had to go uh, six days later and play in the Pac-12 championship game, and that was just a that was a physical hard game as they always are with BYU, and then turn around and go to the championship game. So maybe a little clue there in my thinking too that you know we're aspirational to be in Dallas for that championship game. I'm sure BYU is too. And, uh, you know, maybe playing that rival game quickly was in my mind. But at the end of the day, if they put it there, we would have said, let's go. But I think, you know, what we said was we're not wedded to that. And, and folks were maybe for that or against that in the community. But, um, you know, I think it's just a few weeks before that now, right, where it fell. And I imagine it'll be a real primetime type telecast. Scotty and I were just talking about the Utah State and BYU wins in basketball last night against a couple of ranked opponents. And we've been watching this Utah team and keeping our fingers crossed. We're both big Craig Smith fans. Love the man. Uh, I think he's a brilliant basketball mind. But take us where kind of where you're at right now in this Utah men's basketball season, how you're feeling about things and what your expectations are of this team. Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a real fascinating year. You know, I thought Craig and staff did a great job uh, doing a lot of strategic scheduling. You know, really put us in a great place uh, in November and December. I mean, you know, going on the road, beating St. Mary's, which is a, is a win that that obviously keeps giving back to us. You know, you know, fortunate to have BYU in the arena this year, getting that win. Um, you know, you get into league where everyone knows each other. You know, we just kind of hit a period that we were just having issues on the road which by the way is is uh is just happening all over college basketball i was looking at some stats the other day it's just unbelievable uh, how hard it is to win on the road uh, in college basketball this year and we certainly got that bug you know it reminded me a little bit and i'm again no, no excuses right craig won't won't have it but you know we, we beat ucla by 48 points at home and an hour later, you know, Raleigh, Raleigh calls and, and their training staff and says, something's wrong with my foot. Like, he played incredible in that game an hour later. And, you know, we haven't had him on the court since. So there's been some some tough luck. But I, I think the guys are really figuring it out. Obviously, Devon's impact has been unbelievable. After the SC game, which was a really tough loss on Thursday night, I just jumped on a plane to go out there and support the guys. and. Got to kind of be be around the whole thing. I was so proud of the way they fought at Poly Pavilion. It was a tough environment, a real hot team, one of the hottest teams in the West outside of, of you know, really Utah State. And and, and they just, they you know, they, they battled, and we, we, we got had one go our way. So I'm excited about that. We got a tough Colorado finishing a three-game road uh, trip this weekend. Hopefully we can get in there and, and get that one accomplished and keep our dreams alive of uh, getting to the NCAAs this year. NCAA essentially says, you know, Smith doesn't need his waiver. And now, you know, everybody got the, uh, 
you know, didn't have to wait for the waivers this year. Are we going to get to a situation, maybe even as close as next year, where kids can transfer as many times as they want without having to sit out, regardless of whether or not they've graduated or not? Well, we're there, right? I mean, it's that's here. And, and even this morning, NCAA, President Charlie Baker, who I have a lot of respect for, I think he's really trying to – to do the right stuff, but he was real clear that, you know, he, he thinks that's the way it should be and he's not going to fight uh, any other direction, you know, that, that coaches and ADs leave and if, if that's what, what players want to do. Um, so I don't I don't see any change in that. I mean, I guess if we try to hold on to something, if you transfer in the fall, you know, and you're on a basketball team in November, perhaps you shouldn't play in January for another team. Yeah. That rule, by the way, is currently in place, but that's really the only transfer rule that's left, you know. I mean, we played uh, a really, I can't remember his name, but a really, uh, really good player at ASU this year, and I think he's on his fifth or sixth team. And he was one like Devon who just got eligible, at, you know, when he was sitting out. So, you know, again, I put that on the list of that's the way it is. Everybody has to deal with it, and and you just have to manage it as best as you can. You know, Mark, uh, Scotty and I and Lloyd, we all sat back and we watched how much you love the Pac-12. And I think we all know it. I think you've made it very apparent that that is the ultimate conference, and it really was. It was a passion of all of ours. And now it's down to two. I saw that they just hired a new commissioner, and I know it's not real concern of yours at this point. But what is the future of the two-team Pac-12? Well, just just your your comments about the Pac-12. It's been, it's been such a, a great personal ride for me, right? I, you know, working at three different schools in the league, graduating uh, from a school in the league, and so you know, like many others in the West and out, and elsewhere, you know, it's it's still incredible to think that that you know we're down to months left. You know, moved on from all that, right? Too much work to do. For the University of Utah, it's been unbelievable. I mean, the lift of the university, much less the athletic department, is is pretty evident in, in every possible metrics. You know, as as we move forward, the the kind of line to everybody is what an opportunity, you know, to compete in this historic last year. And, you know, certainly after the football game, that was a historic moment. The rest of the fall sports, now our winter sports are getting to that place. So just pushing everybody to really take advantage of this real incredible opportunity. You know, as we as we as we look at what's going to go on with the league, you know, it's hard for me to say. You know, what I was really pleased, you know, Teresa Gold, who has been an unbelievable deputy uh, commissioner there. I've known her forever. She used to work at Cal. She's just an awesome person. You know, she's named commissioner. So that's great for all of us, the departing schools and the two remaining schools, just to finish off this year the best possible way. She's such a great communicator and just been on a campus and all those things that are important. You know, what happens after, you know, after you know, going into July 1, I just don't know. You know, I, I, I've always wished the best for Washington State and Oregon State. They're great institutions. They always box above their weight. They, they do it all the time. And I imagine that they're just going to figure it out. And, you know, that's my hope, uh, you know, I, the, the, for them to have a great future. But for us, you know, spending a lot of time on the Big 12 transition, just as, you know, BYU went through that last year. Now we're going through all of that, you know, a bunch of working groups, studying, looking at finances, you know, making sure that when we get in there, we don't, we don't do anything but take, take major steps forward, which, which is certainly what we're planning on doing. Mark, we could spend a couple hours with you. We appreciate you carving out the uh, few minutes you had. Uh, good luck. Let's do this again here in the near future as you get a little bit closer to that uh, on-ramp to the Big 12. And, uh, again, good luck with the rest of the basketball season and uh, should be a lot of fun heading into Vegas for a conference tournament. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Have a great day. You got you it. You too.
Mark Harlan, athletic director at the University of Utah, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.